Welcome to our first social distancing recording of the Richland Chronicle for March the 31st, 2020. Your readers today are Angela Alley, Victor Carter, Damon Craig and myself, I'm Alison Doherty. With special thanks to Jack Fletcher for developing this and Mike Sokolsky to help him make it happen. So we start today with the cover. The, cro- the coronavirus pandemic. There is COVID-19 coverage. On page six, we have Emma is sweet and romantic. And on page seven, women wrestlers hit the mat. So starting on page two, Dallas responds to crisis. COVID-19 reshaping lives of citizens. And this is by Fernanda Pargas, staff writer. As reports of COVID-19 increase across the country, Dallas County and other officials are urging people to practice better hygiene and social distancing as they shelter in place. Although neither the state nor the federal government has initiated a lockdown of every state, Dallas County and city officials have taken the lead in an effort to, quote, flatten the curve or reduce the impact on local hospitals. Many school districts and businesses have taken it upon themselves to shut down their operations in an effort to combat the virus. In a district-wide email to students on March 13, Dallas County Community College District Chancellor Joe May announced that spring break would be extended through March 29. Classes will resume on March 30 in an online-only format, which will last through at least the end of April, he said. The DCCCD announcement read, To mitigate the spread of the virus, effective immediately through the end of the spring semester, all district-sponsored and campus events with greater than 250 people, will be postponed or rescheduled. Much has changed since then. All DCCCD campuses are closed to the public and classes have resumed online through eCampus to allow students, faculty and staff to practice social distancing. On March 24, Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins issued a stay-home, stay-safe order that required the residents of Dallas County to stay home except for essential travel to grocery stores, pharmacies or other essential business. Essential businesses shall comply with the social distancing guidelines, including maintaining six feet social distancing for both employees and the general public, the order read. Representative Colin Allred held two town hall meetings in March. The first was held March 10, before the virus was declared a pandemic. It was in the Dallas Health and Human Services offices and addressed the public's concern while encouraging people to wash their hands. The second was a telephone event in which Allred urged people to stay home and avoid crowds. By this time, the State Department issued a, quote, level four do not travel advisory that warned Americans not to travel due to the pandemic. 
As of March 31, Dallas Health and Human Services reports 631 confirmed cases of COVID-19 in Dallas County. 13 people have died to date due to complications from the disease. And again, that was by Fernanda Vargas, a staff writer. So continuing um, on page three, Attempting to adjust to an invisible enemy. And this is by Joyce Jackson, copy editor. My husband and I found out pretty quickly just how serious the coronavirus really is when it shocked the nation in early March. Although we have been in quarantine for a little over a week, it has transformed our lives and the lives of every American. President Donald Trump calls the virus the invisible enemy. I think that's a pretty good description of it. To me, it's as frightening as a tornado. Although we can't see COVID-19, we know it's out there and it's causing panic among the public, with good reason. From what my husband and I have seen in supermarkets, people are on edge And despite restocking, shelves remain empty, especially in the toilet paper and bread aisles. During spring break, I was determined to get our income taxes done, so we called our CPA and scheduled an appointment the first day of spring break. When we arrived at his office and he opened the door to let us in, he informed us that we were under quarantine and we should not have come to his office without a mask. I thought he was kidding at first, but he was dead serious. We didn't know if we should, just leave or what, but he told us to stay. He said his wife is a nurse and she told him how serious COVID-19 is and that people could die of it. However, he kept his distance from us while we showed him the papers he needed to do for our taxes. It was a very uncomfortable experience. Later that evening, he called to tell us he needed additional tax information, but to just leave it in his mailbox outside by his front door early the next morning. So we did. After meeting with him, we realised how serious COVID-19 really is. Being cooped up in the house for over two weeks now, I have considered what many may fear, that something could go wrong with all the things we take for granted. Our computers, the internet, our landlines or cell phones or anything else in our houses that make life comfortable. My husband and I have since gotten masks and we see some people wearing them in supermarkets. Here in Mesquite, we are fortunate to live near two major supermarkets, Albertsons and Kroger. They are within 10 minutes of our house, so we have no trouble going to the store. We buy what's available even though what we want may not be there. I try not to think about this invisible enemy lasting for several months, but however long it does last, we will just have to adjust to it as best we can. And again, that was from Joyce Jackson, copy editor. And the second column on um, page three 
is an Associated Press article, Wall Street Finishing Worst Quarter in History. Stocks fell March the 31st to close out Wall Street's worst quarter since the most harrowing days of the 2008 financial crisis. The S&P 500 dropped a final 1.6%, bringing its loss for the first three months of the year to 20%, as predictions for the looming recession caused by the coronavirus outbreak became more dire. Stocks haven't had this bad a quarter since the last time economists were talking about the worst downturn since the Great Depression, when the S&P 500 lost 22.6% at the end of 2008. The surge of coronavirus cases around the world sent markets to breathtaking drops since mid-February, undercutting what had been a good start to the year. Markets rose early in the quarter and the S&P 500 set a record with expectations that the economy was accelerating due to calming trade wars and low interest rates around the world. Benchmark US crude oil dropped by roughly two-thirds this quarter on expectations that a weakened economy will need less fuel. The yield on the 10-year Treasury dropped below 1% for the first time as investors scrambled for safety and it ended the quarter at roughly 0.67%. Germany's DAX lost a quarter of its value and South Korean stocks fell just over 20%. The big question is if markets will get worse. At this point, no one knows. People are trying to digest the length and magnitude of what the coronavirus impact is going to be, said George Rusnak, Managing Director of Investment Strategy at Wells Fargo Private Bank. The steep drops from Tokyo to Toronto in recent weeks reflect investors' understanding that the economy and corporate profits are in for a sudden debilitating drop-off. Economies around the world are grinding to near standstills as businesses close their doors and people hunker down at home in hopes of slowing the spread of the virus. Markets have also cut their losses in recent weeks on hopes that massive aid from governments and central banks around the world can blunt the blow. The S&P 500 was down nearly 31% for the quarter at one point, but it has climbed 15.5% since last Monday. The Fed has promised to buy as many treasuries as it takes to get lending markets working smoothly after trading got snarled in markets that help companies borrow short-term cash to make payroll homeowners get mortgages, and local governments to build infrastructure. Congress, meanwhile, approved a $2.2 trillion rescue plan for the economy, and leaders are already discussing the possibility of another round of aid. Whether markets have indeed found a bottom or whether investors have become too optimistic about the economic rebound coming after the viral outbreak peaks is impossible to say without knowing when the number of new infections will hit its peak. We're 
kind of on this little milestone journey with markets, said Brent Shute, Chief Investment Strategist at Northwestern Mutual Wealth Management Company. First, we get the economic plan in place. Then we have to start to see some of the containment actions pay off. At some point, it's going to be, how do we get back to work? Among the next milestones for investors is Friday's job report, which is expected to show a sharp drop in payrolls. Companies will also be reporting their earnings results for the first quarter in upcoming weeks, and analysts are looking for the steepest drop in profits since the start of 2016, according to FactSet. The numbers may get even worse in the following quarter. Goldman Sachs economists said on March 31 that they expect the US economy to shrink 34% in the second quarter, but they expect growth to rebound in the third quarter. The S&P 500 fell 42.06 points to 2,584.59. The Dow Jones Industrial Average lost 410.32, or 1.8%, to 21,917.16. And the NASDAQ was off 74.05, or 1%, to 7,700.10. The relatively modest moves are a big departure from earlier in the month when huge swings punished investors. The S&P 500 had its worst day since Black Monday 1987 on March 12 with a 9.5% loss, for example, only to outdo itself with a 12% drop two trading days later. Sandwiched in between was a 9.3% percent surge. The number of known coronavirus cases keeps rising and the worldwide tally has topped 830,000, according to Johns Hopkins University. The United States has the highest number in the world with more than 170,000. Most people who contract COVID-19 have mild or moderate symptoms, which can include fever and cough. But for others, especially older adults and people with existing health problems, the virus can cause pneumonia and require hospitalization. More than 41,000 have died worldwide due to COVID-19, while more than 175,000 have recovered. We're still not even close to peak coronavirus in the US, which has already reported more cases than any other country and will sadly likely see a huge spike in the number of deaths, meaning further lockdown measures will likely follow, said Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst at OANDA Europe. Huge challenges still lie ahead. And again, that was an Associated Press article, Wall Street finishing worst quarter in history. And um, we'll just all keep our fingers crossed and we know this too shall pass. So once the warmer weather gets here, it should dissipate rather quickly. Um, This is the end of my section today, but one little hint. 
Try listening to Mike Sikalski's Anytime Oldies. They are such, in the most case, uplifting songs. I um, I listen to them every night when I'm making dinner. I'm bopping around the kitchen and it, it just puts me in a good mood. So thanks to our fabulous engineer, Mike, for doing that. And now I am signing off. Goodbye for now. We are now on page four, starting with Parkland survivor Taylor Morales Speaks at Richland College by Adrian Aguilar. She is the emeritus editor-in-chief. When shots rang out at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland, Florida, Taylor Morales thought it was a drill. It was the last class of the day and I was taking a math test, said Morales, a former student now attending a Florida university. We heard some loud bangs and immediately everyone got up out of their seats and quickly hid into the corner and against the wall. Morales visited Richland as a guest speaker for the Honors Conference March 3rd to discuss gun violence prevention. We were trained that you should always, like, try to hide behind the desk because that would be the safest place in the room. But there was obviously too much and too many students said Morales, who ended up being pressed against a bookshelf in a stack of chairs. Ashley Baez, her friend, had been outside of the classroom, but was able to run in and shut the door after being shot in the leg. Baez called Morales and asked her to tell her family she was going to be okay and that she wasn't in pain. I crawled over, which was scary because I was exposed to the door and I was afraid I was going to get shot. We were all afraid of that, Morales said. Several students rushed to make a tourniquet for Baez. Morales admired their composure. Obviously, I did not act like that, she said. Most students weren't able to communicate with loved ones. The students' phones were placed in pouches on the back of the door because they were testing when the gunfire erupted. I was too afraid to move to get up to go get it, Morales said. Everyone, while everyone else was saying goodbye to their families and stuff, the majority of us could not have that pleasure of doing so. It was very upsetting. Nicholas Cruz, the then 19-year-old former student, killed 17 people, two of whom were Morales' friends, Joaquin Oliver and Gina Matalto. You could hear like his footsteps walking throughout the hall, and you could hear like the gunshots and screaming, she said. The screaming was so loud. Morales prayed Cruz wouldn't come into their room before they could be evacuated by SWAT team members. We had to listen to him try to jam the gun into the door and try to shoot through the door of the neighboring classrooms. Eventually, he walked upstairs 
And then you could hear him now on the top floor, Morella said. The SWAT team instructed everyone to keep their hands up, press themselves to the left side of the hall, and exit efficiently and quickly. Baez was carried out. I followed the directions, but on the floor, there was empty shells, glass, blood, and it was staining my shoes. So obviously, I looked down because my foot kept slipping, but I kept my hands up, she said. As students and faculty grabbed their phones and headed for the door, Morales said she could see bodies sprawled on the ground in the periphery of her vision. That shocked me and upset me, Morales said. I didn't understand why the police officers weren't carrying them out. Morales later learned that they were dead. She eventually able to call her dad and went home. She was eventually able to call her dad and went home. In the days after her shooting, Morales said she felt numb. We all kept our phones on and we were waiting to hear back from one of our friends. Everyone was just asking, have you heard from Gina? They learned later that she did not survive. The event has remained a part of Morales's life. She likened her memory of the event to post-traumatic stress disorder. In the night times, it was very hard for me because I would have a hard time walking from my living room to my bedroom, Morales said. She would call friends to talk to while she walked around her house. I was just so petrified and I knew logically that nothing was going to happen, Morella said. She feared the shooter was going to show up. Even in my own home, I didn't feel safe. Morales has taken it upon herself to tell her story despite not being a part of the main group of Parkland activists. She said attending the rally where Parkland survivors and activist Emma Gonzalez gave her this is BS speech inspired her. I felt powerful, Morella said. I think people really just need to understand that it will happen anywhere. Morales said gun violence is not biased on race, class, religion, or gender. Shootings can happen anywhere. It can be you, she said. It'll just take that one time, that one kid, that one incident, and your whole life will change. Morales now speaking on campuses across the country, has taken it upon herself to tell her story. She urged others to go out and vote for candidates who represent their values and priorities. Even if you haven't personally yet been affected by gun violence, you have to understand that not only should you care that it's happening to other people, Morales said, 
but it should motivate you to know that it can easily happen to you as well. Although she can't do anything about the shooting now, Morella said what she can do is try to make a difference in the future. Watch the full interview at richlandstudentmedia.com. In the middle of the article, there is a picture that features Adrian Aguilar on the left while she is interviewing activist Taylor Morales, who is on her right. Moving on to the second story that we have here on page four, it is titled Women's Initiative Network Engaging Female Students by Ola Sawali, a staff writer. College offers many students the chance to engage with lots of people from different cultures and backgrounds. At Richland, there are lots of programs, clubs, and initiatives that enable students to interact with each other and learn beyond the classroom. The Women's Initiative Network, WIN, is among the programs that offer intangible lessons, builds confidence, and teaches other important lessons. It was started as a way to empower women here at Richland College, Erin Lewis, the advisor for WIN, said. Students meet every Thursday from 2 to 3.30 p.m. in Thunderduck Hall, room 222. Guest speakers discuss a range of topics, including how to be financially responsible, how to own your own business, how to go to medical school, and how to transfer into a four-year university. Pizza and game night and the LinkedIn presentation on campus are two examples of the events and activities that Wynn organizes with other departments at Richland, including the Office of Student Life and the Multicultural Center. The first milestone was having a meeting. We had a meeting two years ago in the spring semester, and I think we might have had eight to nine young ladies come in, Lewis said. It, it just grew slowly. We went on from having one meeting a month to twice a month. Most students join this program after they have heard of it from their fellow students and classmates. It offers a way for the students to be more involved with their communities and to learn more about themselves. Hosting events with other programs and clubs on campus enables the program to build a bigger platform and attract more students. Usually, when women are in the WIN program, they have got it together. They just want to make sure they are doing everything they can so they can go to the next level, Lewis said. Students who are interested in joining WIN can contact Aaron Lewis, the advisor for WIN, at aaronlewis at dccd.edu or e-r-i-n-l-e-w-i-s at dccd.edu. This program, like others at Richland, is on indefinite hold due to the shelter-in-place order imposed by the country 
by the county as we fight the coronavirus. More information is available online at https colon forward slash forward slash www.richlandcollege.edu forward slash s life r l c forward slash win forward slash pages forward slash default period a s p x and on page five we have women's history month two rlc finalists for the jack kent cook scholarship written by natalia pineda staff writer for the richland chronicle richland students mimi mcconye my apologies for any mispronunciations by the way and michelle lopez have been named semi-finalists for the jack kent cook or jkc undergraduate transfer scholarship an extremely competitive scholarship requiring academic excellence and hard work. The scholarship is a highly selective honor for the top students attending community colleges across the nation. It is designed for students who have achieved strong academic success and are in need of financial support. The scholarship allows community college students to transfer to a four-year university to complete their bachelor's degree in any field of study. The main eligibility requirements are to be a community college sophomore in the fall with a minimum 3.5 GPA and require financial support. The award is presented the following year. Winners can receive up to 40000 per year, which will cover the cost of tuition, books, living expenses, and other fees at their desired university. The students will also have a personal advisor will help them navigate the financial aid process at their select university. 61 community college students across the nation were recipients of this scholarship in 2019. The JKC Foundation allows students to pursue their potential through opportunities to study at home and abroad. Dr. Kathleen Stevens is the Honors Program Coordinator and JKC Representative at Richland. She offers tips on how to prepare and submit materials for the scholarship. Although the minimum GPA of 3.5 is required, Stevens encourages students to aim higher. They are looking for a high GPA, but in order to be really competitive for the scholarship, you are looking at having a 3.8, 3.9, or 4.0, she said. They are also looking at involvement in terms of leadership, community service, you know, how are you going to make a difference in the world? Among those applying for this highly competitive scholarship, 93% were involved in community service activities throughout their college career. In order to move forward in the application process, students must prove their passion and hard work through their everyday actions. Holding a leadership position in the field of their interest, whether in academic sports, church, or community, is of importance to the Cook Foundation. Applicants should demonstrate the ways in which they want to change the world within their future careers, Influence, influencing rather those around them and being a strong leader who takes initiative is part of that criteria. Stevens advises students to see scholarship applications as a part-time job and to be truly committed to them. 
Lopez, one of two semifinalists, is an honor student. She plans to major in language and is very passionate about law and policy, especially when it comes to minority rights. She plans to join the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, and wants to become involved in changing immigration policy. Lopez has been an active student, attending workshops hosted by different organizations, including the National Association for the Advancement of Colored People, or NAACP, and Planned Parenthood. Her best advice for students who are trying to apply for the scholarship is to be confident in yourself and to tell your story. I wrote a whole essay on who I am and what I want to be, Lopez said. The Richland Honors Program opens applications for the scholarship August 1st. Students should begin the application process for JKC scholarship in the fall of 2020 for the following year. Semi-finalists were announced in January. However, students who are interested in joining the honors program can contact Stevens and advisor Andrew Couch from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday or visit https colon forward slash forward slash www.richandcollege.edu slash cd slash instruct hyphen divisions slash rlc slash MSHP slash honors hyphen program slash pages slash apply dot ASPX. What a mouthful. <laughs> and again, that was two RLC finalists for the Jack Kent Cook Scholarship, page five, written by Natalia Pineda, staff writer for the Russian Chronicle. Now, on the left here, we actually have a little picture of Miss Lopez herself, courtesy of herself standing in front of the Texas State Capitol. And on page six, we have entertainment. Emma, with the period by the way, is a charming romantic tale written by Ricky Miller, entertainment editor for the Russian Chronicle. This Jane Austen tale has been done before, but somehow filmmakers have found a way to put a new spin on it and make the story accessible to a new generation of audiences. This new version features Anya Taylor-Joy in the title role. She played supporting roles in M. Night Shyamalan's trilogy Split, 2016, Glass, 2019, and Unbreakable, 2000, which she started a decade ago. Now, with Emma, Taylor-Joy's Emma Woodhouse is finding a romance for people other than herself. She also looks after her dear old dad, Mr. Woodhouse, played by Bill Nye. No relation to the science guy, by the way. Director Douglas McGrath did a great job with his version of Emma in 1996, which brought the story to film for the first time. Gwyneth Paltrow was great in the title role. I think it made my 10 best list for that particular year. Directing chores for this new version of Emma were handled by Autumn DeWilde. After helming a variety of short films, this marks her first foray into feature films. She has an aptitude for turning the film into a noteworthy entry that delivers in every single department. Wilde knows when and where to place the camera for, the, for this engaging and pleasantly presented tale. Taylor Joy has a firm grasp on the dialogue and how everything works. It was nice to see the absence of song and dance numbers. I bring this up because thankfully, 
They have not gone back in time with the forced routines to pad the running time. This version of Emma is just a sweet romantic tale with its own heart and the ability to capture a romantic story set in the 1800s. It has just the right degree of charm. That was Emma is a Charming Romantic Tell, written by Ricky Miller, entertainment editor for the Richmond Chronicle, and he gives that a B. And just below, we also have Ricky's Take 5, Women's History Month. Uh, we've got ourselves a nice graphic, compliments of Alex Ortuno, uh, a graphic design artist for the Richmond Chronicle, also an assistant editor. And for Ricky's Take 5, we have Strange Days, 1995. This great Catherine Bigelow-directed crime drama finds Angela Bassett as friend and bodyguard to Ralph Fiennes' Lenny Nero, who deals in movie clips that could endanger a person's life. And Ricky gives that a B+. We also have Hidden Figures, 2016. The multiple Oscar-nominated biography drama finds various women helping NASA... The Predicament in the Late 1960s. The film stars Octavia Spencer, Taraji P. Henson, and Janelle Monet. B+. A League of Their Own, 1992. This comedy drama, directed by Penny Marshall, finds a group of women taking to the baseball diamond when men are off fighting in World War II. Gina Davis, Lori Petty, Madonna, and Tom Hanks star. B+. My Big Fat Greek Wedding, 2002. Naya Vidalis wrote this comic drama about a woman trying to find her place in a world run by men. Directed by Joel Zwick. And Ricky gives that an A-. And lastly, The Mirror Has Two Faces, 1996. This Barbra Streisand-directed romantic drama with comedy finds her character Rose Morgan Larkin trying to find love and romance in modern-day America with a very underrated performance by Jeff Bridges, and he gives that a B-. Let's switch gears and take a look at the sports scene at Richland College. Staff writer Bernard Cheatham reported this article titled, Ellis Overcomes Hurdles On and Off the Mat. The women's wrestling program at Richland is a small group of hardworking, mentally and physically tough young women. For Richland wrestler Christina Ellis, the sport has created opportunities to compete and elevate her skill set. Ellis was fourth seed ranking heading into the National College Wrestling Association National Finals in Allen on March 12th through the 14th. She is part of the three-person team that included Jessica Carbajal, who wrestled in the second seed, and two-time All-American wrestler Yuritza Artiega. Ellis wrestled in third seed in the 2019 Nationals. She says her concentration has improved since then. I gained a lot. I got focused from joining this team. When I first joined, I was having a lot of trouble staying focused on school, Ellis said. She said that her grades improved after joining the wrestling program at Richland. It lowered her stress and anxiety. Now, she can relax and focus on being active both physically and academically. Ellis said that although she came from a family of wrestlers, she did not participate until coming to Richland. She graduated from J.J. Pierce High School in 2009. The school did not have a wrestling program. 
Her love for the sport grew by watching her brother wrestle, and she got along with his teammates. Her father had wrestled in high school too, and now she is getting the same opportunity. Ellis did not expect to wrestle in conference and nationals. She started wrestling at Richland in 2017 and could not picture getting national rankings when she was younger. I didn't even know about it honestly, and I never thought I would actually get to wrestle, she said. Ellis is an Army veteran who enlisted right after high school graduation. She said transitioning from the military to college life was difficult. She had to learn how to be a civilian again before she could be a student. It was a really slow and really rough start for me, she said. Ellis was homeless and living in her car in 2016. She has moved past that period and is doing well in school and is now representing female wrestlers and engineers. She said there were multiple factors that influenced her success. It was not just wrestling, but wrestling combined with the support of the people who go here and people that were in my life, instructors as well as advisors that were in my life, who helped direct me a little bit and got me where I am, she said. Ellis is majoring in aerospace engineering and plans on transferring to University of Texas at Arlington, UTA, for her bachelor's degree. She is undecided as to whether she will join the wrestling program at UTA, so this may be her last year. I am going to be honest. I don't see myself going as far as I went last year, and that is only because there is a lot of competition at nationals this season, she said. Despite her uncertainty, Ellis has been working the entire season to go to nationals, along with her fellow women wrestlers. I am so much better than I was last year, said Ellis prior to this event. I have potential to do something, even if I don't rank like I did last year. To me, this is something fun. Ellis says she hopes to improve her moves and not lose technical points. I don't want to hurt anyone. There is a smile on my face and I am happy for the other person, she said. When I go out there on the field, I notice a lot of people are not the same as me. I don't want to hurt anyone, even though it's wrestling. Ellis is older than other wrestlers at the national contest. Sometimes the women wrestlers practice against the male team members. Ellis said taking time off to observe other wrestlers can improve the performance on the mat. As a female wrestler, a struggle was trying to get a lot of practice time in, she said. The guys were all at different levels. It was hard for me to keep up at their level, and there were a few days where I sat back and just watched. Ella said she learned a lot and that observing helped her understand the moves and the techniques. By analyzing, Ellis was able to tap into the engineering side of her brain and turn it into a strength. The Richling wrestling team, both men and women, placed 17th in the national ranking following the NCAA competition. And that was Ellis Overcomes Hurdles on and off the mat by staff writer Bernard Cheatham. In an advertorio on the same page, page 7, Richland student Sania Barreto needs your help. On the afternoon of March 6, she was packing up her art supplies to head home. In the process, she unintentionally left her unfinished oil painting leaning on her parked car in the parking lot, parking lot 5, near Fannin Hall. When she went back to the car, the painting was missing. 
Beretta was offering a reward to get her painting back. It's an oil painting depicting a close-up of three large red poppies. Oil paint is worked in layers that take a long time to dry. The painting is the product of many hours of time, a lifetime of study and craftsmanship. It cannot be replaced. Beretto is asking for the painting to be returned as soon as possible. She is offering a reward of $200 for the return of the painting. Beretto can be contacted by calling 972-699-0016. That's 972-699-0016. And continuing on page 7, here's a list of resources from some local charities and business to help out the students. Internet access. AT&T has two months free of internet access. Comcast provides two months free of internet access. Spectrum, you get two months free for families with school-age kids only. And food, North Texas Food Bank, 214-330-1396. They're located at 3677 Maple Shade Lane in Plano. Hours of operation is 8.30 a.m. through 4.30 p.m. Monday through Friday. Take note that the Dallas location is closed until further notice. In a good website here, find a food pantry near you. You can find that website at https colon forward slash forward slash nt fb.org forward slash our hyphen programs forward slash get hyphen food hyphen assist hyphen tense forward slash find hyphen a hyphen food hyphen pantry forward slash instead of reading all of these websites go to the um website for the Richland Chronicle and look at the digital edition of it and these will be listed in there and you can write down or uh, take a copy of the websites offered for these programs. And taking a look at unemployment, lost your job? File for unemployment at twc.texas.gov. Work study students, Talk with your financial aid advisor. If you contract COVID-19 while on the job, check with TWC to see if you are eligible to file for workers' compensation. And for financial assistance, United Way COVID-19 Community Economic Relief Fund can help with rent, bills, and food. Call 211. And Dallas Water suspends disconnections until further notice. And you can find their website listed in this edition of the Richland Chronicle. Mental health. Crisis text hotline. Text HOME, that's all caps, H-O-M-E, to 741741. Unique keyword for students of color. Text STEVE, that's all caps, STEVE, to 741741. In the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, their phone number is 1-800-273-8255. Stress and Coping. 
another long website here. So grab an edition of the Richland Chronicle or get the digital edition and it should be listed inside there. And mental health amid the coronavirus pandemic and another long website. So check it out on the digital edition of the Richland Chronicle. And turning to the back page of the Richland Chronicle, even in these difficult times, Richland Student Media will continue production online and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at richlandstudentmedia.com. To join Student Media, contact M. Fullwood at dcccd.edu. This concludes this edition of the March 31st, 2020 Richland Chronicle newspaper audio presentation. Your readers today were Allison Doherty, Damon Craig, Angela, and I'm Victor. Our engineer is Mike the Falcon Sokolsky. Be safe, be vigilant, and stay informed. Thanks for listening.